We've got a Mitch Keller deal that we're going to talk about a little bit later on. That's going to be a big chunk of this show. Bob Pompiani, Steve Palazzolo, Ray Fittipaldo all set to join us too. Donnie Football, fresh off his two-hour sabbatical with Joe Starkey, uh, is back with us producing. Chris is to my right. We're at the Rivers hanging out at 412-928-9370. That was Kyle Dubas. Uh, we reacted to a lot of what he said yesterday. We didn't get to all of it. The Penguins are in dire straits. Uh, Dubas painted a picture that he's close to selling, although he's going to let things play out a little bit here uh, b- between now and the deadline, March 8th. That clip was a uh, answer to a question by Josh Yoey about c- going in the rebuild route, just stripping it down. And Dubas said, we can't rebuild. Our star players, our core players are too good. And he named the big three. And then he included Eric Carlson in there. And that's actually what I want to start with. The Carlson experiment, we're more than halfway through his first season here. He's on pace for only 60 points a year after he had over 100 points in San Jose and won the Norris Trophy. It's been a colossal disappointment. My question for you guys and everyone else is, I get it. It would be hard to move him, but... Why Why is he getting lumped in with the other three guys? They're all three-time Stanley Cup champions. I love the trade when it happened because we got rid of all our bad players for Eric Carlson. But as far as exploring ways to try to fix this and turn it around, I look at him more as a trade chip than someone who has to be here for the next few years. Am I nuts? I mean... That's what I loved about Jim Rutherford. If he made a bad deal, he would cut his losses and often quickly and just come right out and flat out admit, hey, I effed up. I made a bad move. Hard to My move. bad, mea culpa. Hard to move Eric Carlson unless he wants to be moved. Well, that's what I would talk to him about, Chris. And what's to say Eric Carlson isn't going to go, you know what, no, it's been a bumpy first year, I admit. It's been a bad first year, I admit. I want to keep playing with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang. Do you think that that's an appealing thing right now? For him, I still think it is, yeah. Why? Because I still think he looks at the guy, the first guy I mentioned there, and says, that guy's as good as ever. This franchise has a history of winning. I be- I'm, be- I'm Eric Carlson. I'm not going to have this kind of year two years in a row. Our power play is not going to look like this two years I don't years know. He doesn't row. look like and sound like a guy that's having fun or necessarily enjoying his time here when he talks and when they play. Well, if you have a no-movement clause on the guy, a full no-movement clause like he's got, it just limits your return, too. I mean, I don't think the return matters. But if trading him is you're trying to fix what's wrong with the team, you're getting the salary off the books, but right. you want something in return. Also, what's to say Kyle Dubas should be trusted with all that salary off the books, given the Ryan Graves move and others that he's made? Well, that's another problem, separate from this. Okay, he's not going anywhere. He's as entrenched as Mike Sullivan is. So you're entrusting Kyle Dubas with maybe $11 million off no, the No, but books. I mean, that's just, but my point is, like, if... If that's your opinion, you, you move a guy and it creates cap space and you don't trust the GM, then any move we talk about is pointless if you think the GM's bad because you don't believe in him to turn it around or you don't believe in him to fix it, which would – I know, like, I'm admitting that I was wrong about Carlson. I thought he was going to be a huge Have you given up on him fully? But no, but I'm – Chris, it doesn't look like it's going to work here for him. He's in his 30s. They're the oldest team in the NHL. I, I just I, – I don't – I don't see a fit. I don't think they let him play the way he wants to play. There seems to be some uh, d- disagreement there. Sullivan's saying we haven't unlocked him. Okay, when are you going to unlock him? When, when do you actually put key in lock and turn it with him? I mean, better now than never. I don't, I don't know. 
But y you know, you're saying, what's Dubas going to do with all that cap space? That's a whole that's a whole different ball of wax. Like, I know you liked the Dubas hire, at least somewhat, right? I mean, you were not totally against it. He's you've soured on him that much. No, already. Did you like it or not? I don't remember what you like. What you Dubas? The Dubas hire. I was cynical because he did not have great success in Toronto. Well, he didn't postseason success. Yeah, in that's Toronto. what I define guys by. I was I was dubious of Dubas when that move got made. Andrew Starkey joining me on the show today. Um, I mean, I thought he was a good hire. I thought he was going to build a regular season contender, which is what you you know you've got to do if you're a Penguins general manager, and then take your chances in the postseason with everybody at this current age. I'm not completely out on him yet, but it, it just is eye-opening that the younger players he was supposed to find to supplement his core pieces have dramatically underperformed, none more so than Graves, who's just a black hole on the blue line. Like, as you say, oh, Carlson's only on pace for 60 points. Their power plays a debacle. Expectations versus reality, he's been the worst but Graves has been a worse actual hockey player. I understand He's that. He's a but if, void. But if you said to every NHL general manager, do you want Ryan Graves, the answer is emphatically no. He stinks. Eric Carlson is still one of the best how offensive many of the, defensemen how, in the NHL. Sure, how many and of I, the teams he's actually willing to go to are teams that would say yes on him? I don't know, but my point is, the point I'm trying to make here is, I don't... Dubas laid out the future of the team and included him with players that are iconic members of this team. He's not one. He included I him with, with, with a group of untouchables. I agree with you. He, Those three guys are untouchables. Not, he should not put He's him not, in that category. Sid's not getting traded ever, 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 ever. And because Sid wants to play with Malkin and Latang till he retires, those guys aren't going anywhere either. So the, the die is cast on those three. What I'm taking exception with is, is lumping in Eric Carlson no, he with those three there. guys. He doesn't belong with them. He doesn't. And, 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 there's and if you want to get younger, either by hook or by crook, whether you think you can get a return for him because he's actually unhappy here and wishes he could go somewhere else and that, <clears throat> that no movement clause won't be as much of a problem or it's just getting the numbers off the books, the salary off the books, you can get younger getting rid of Eric Carlson. Well, that's, you can do that. that's what I mean. Like We're talking about maybe realistic or feasible ways to help the Penguins turn this around and Mike Sullivan getting fired off the table for them. Uh, admitting that the Eric Carlson thing was a mistake and possibly shopping him is off the table too. And I'm saying the same thing I said about Sullivan yesterday. I, I don't think he's the right coach for this team. I don't think Eric Carlson is the right fit for this team either. If you brought in a new – what's easier to do or what's more likely? Get rid of Eric Carlson, okay, in a deal, like you're saying. He's not untouchable. He gets dealt. Sullivan's still the coach. You get younger. Or – I know it's not possible. Get rid of Sullivan. Bring in new coach who's more Eric Carlson friendly. What gets you a better? I Penguins would want to see the latter more than the. So former. would I. But we already had our buddy Hoagie send that, but like this is where I guess that you and I are talking across purposes, which isn't always great for this business. But it's because I think we have two totally different approaches here. I just think that they are in in a horrible spot as a franchise because they don't want to do the things, or they don't know even what to do. They don't want to do the thing that we all agree now. I think around town, there's there's gathering agreement is probably most necessary which is fire the damn coach because you've done that many times to great effect over the years they have basically paralyzed themselves they're just they're so beholden to what their own internal impressions of of each other are like around that building sully's a great coach 
all these guys are great core pieces. They can't move. And Duba, like, what Duba said yesterday that sticks with me the most is just the, the unadulterated praise he was willing to heap on almost everybody other than Todd Reardon, who we know is dead man walking in his role right now. They, doesn't it read to you, in a sense, like their big move is really going to be find a new power play specialist on the assistant coaching uh, ranks and see if that person can essentially make the same basic core pieces work? They're going to make tweaks around it. They're going to move guys around in the offseason. And whoever they, they bring in to replace Gensel, if they that's don't gonna, resign If him. they don't resign him, they're going to find a way to, to take the $6 million you save there and turn it into fungible pieces. But don't you get the gathering sense that they are going to run this back largely the same next year with a new power play coach and hope that clicking at, say, 23% makes all the difference in the world for them. Well, it feels like they don't have a choice, Chris, because so many of the guys they have have no movement clauses, are uh, all-time great players with the organization. So the core nucleus of the team isn't changing. The coach isn't changing. The goalie isn't changing. So, yeah, I mean, the Rost isn't going anywhere. Raquel isn't going anywhere unless, you know, Dubas is able to be a miracle worker with their contracts. That's... I, I, I wanted to bring up this Carlson point because I'm interested to hear how fans feel about how this has gone with him. And should there be should should, should there be um, motivation on their part to maybe just move on and say, yeah, I got it wrong. This was I, I was aggressive. I went for it. It didn't work. Let's try something different. Because what we've seen for the first 50-plus games this season is a lot like what we watched for the last 82 games last year and a lot of what we've seen for the last six years since we won our last Stanley Cup. I'm going to do it. So we took a swing. It didn't work. Let's just try to get the contract off the books and and give us some some, um, flexibility here to do something different. I guess I'm not motivated to to move him. I'm not motivated to move him yet for one reason. At his age, if he was a forward... Skating ability is a big thing. I'd say he's going to start slowing down. That which makes him so special is going to go away. Well, but he's at an age, he plays a position where I think you can be better longer into your career. I, I, I don't have like some highfalutin, thoroughly researched position on this that informs what I'm about to say. Eric Carlson's reputation up until this year is enough that I want to see at least one more year of it. But that just, uh, don't take this personally, but that just seems to me like, like, more insanity stuff where you 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 have the same team and you expect different results over and over again. Well, they'll have a new power play coach. But but seriously though, I mean, what if if you don't do something like that, what changes? What, what what's the big move? I would try to make swapping moves around Gensel it, yeah. out for a younger wing. I would try That's to make your I would try move. to make moves on the on the periphery compared to the core. But I mean, I say it with minimal conviction because I realize there is no like case other than Eric Carlson's always been good. Shouldn't it be easier to call this a blip on the radar of his career than some sort of permanent downturn or some sort of sign that it's just never going to work here? I, I say it with, like I said, I say it with minimal conviction because I would be hypocritical if I, I rip the Steelers and say it's definition of insanity, you're going to run it back largely the same and expect different results. That's what I'm basically saying the Penguins would do. I guess the best thing I can say is I've seen this team win three cups. I've seen them win two in a row, and I at least get hope from that. Yeah, but that would have been like Leighton Roethlisberger's career saying I watched him win a Super Bowl a number of years ago. He can do it again. I mean, 
That's I know that's not how you felt. That's not really how I felt at the end either. Like I applaud them for going after Carlson. I think hockey's a more random sport though, too, than football. Like way I know you have to win way more games, obviously, in the I, postseason, but I think it's an inherently I, more random sport. Well, yeah, sport. but you know what's not random? We've seen teams like this kind of age out. I kind of feel like I'm watching the Blackhawks and the and not the Kings because they've bounced back. Well no, they but, but no, but they went in the toilet and had to rebuild. They did. You can say Blackhawks and Kings, they both did. Yeah, it might be happening here. I think what's what makes that very difficult to process is the main cog in this whole machine, the core of the core, is still every bit the guy he's always looked like. And it's very hard to that, accept the idea that they might actually be swirling and circling the drain here because Crosby still looks That's so why I'm saying instead of treating Eric Carlson like he's one of the other three guys, at least, I don't know, entertain the possibility of getting rid of him giving yourself that cap space and trying something radically different again this offseason and see if that bold move or crazy move works because this one didn't and i don't think it's going to get better over the next three years with him listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is god stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We've had enough moments uh, throughout the season when, when we're at our best, we show that, that we can we can play with anybody and, and it just hasn't happened enough. So, uh, you know, we're looking for that in this next stretch here. And, and I think if the group didn't have the pedigree that it has or the history that it has, I wouldn't feel that they're owed they're owed that same latitude but i feel that this group you know in respecting them and and what they've accomplished in the past here and and how proud they are i just think that i think that that's the right and fair thing to do it's been outlined to them they know what's at stake we've got you know this you know, the last two remaining games on this homestand western trip and then we're back here again to to show where where we want to go i just think that's the right and fair way to to handle it uh, with the group kyle dubas he said that he's not going to sell until it's right up against the deadline because this group is owed that. He respects them too much to start selling and start making those moves now. And maybe if they didn't have guys like Sidney Crosby on this team, he would be more inclined to pull the trigger on moves today. Uh, your reaction to that, Chris? If they didn't have guys that? like Sidney Crosby on the team, Kyle Dubas wouldn't be their GM right now, most likely. Uh, one... I, I don't know. I'm willing to see it through for like another week because he does have time until the trade deadline. It's not yet to the point where everybody knows his back is against the wall, but like even though I just said I'd probably run it back with Carlson, understanding that I was being hypocritical and that I was doing some definition of insanity stuff, it is absurd to me that he is publicly stating that what they did X number of years ago is informing some of his decision-making or rationale or process now in the present day. Kyle Dubas is the general manager of the 2023-24 Pittsburgh Penguins, who right now are how many points out of a playoff spot? Nine? Is it? Eight and nine, eight, I think. Eight or nine? Okay. I don't care what – I remember what Sidney Crosby did in 2009 when he was 21 uh, years old. Like, I remember what that team was like. I remember what they were like in 15, 16, and 16, 17. They're not that now. I, you just, 
when you try to deify your team's past and you don't move on from it, and or you aren't even willing to do things because you're so wrapped up in your own team's past or their, their resume or what they meant to a, a town, you get yourself into trouble. This is what I. This is a different version of what I always harp on with the Steelers. They fetishized consistency and patience so much that now, when it's less beneficial to them to be that way, they can't even get out of their own outmoded concepts because they're just married to them. Kyle Dubas is walking in here and saying, "I'm sorry, the Penguins were too good in the past for me to deal with the present Penguins harshly, even if I feel it's it, it's necessary to." I do also think, and I said this yesterday, and I will reiterate this. I think Kyle Dubas is a pretty smart guy. I wonder how much of his sentiments in this regard are driven by ownership feeling that way and passing that on down to him. I'm not going to believe for one second that he is a GM being allowed to work more or less completely unencumbered here because I don't think that's the case. I, I'm just flabbergasted by, by that answer because you're telling me if they got a great offer on Gensel today, right now, this second, he would have to tell the team, sorry, I can't, it's a great deal, but let's wait until March 6th because I need to see how we do ownership. I need to see how we do against Montreal and Philadelphia this week. It's over. I mean, the writing's on the wall. I mean, I I, I think he would have to go and try to do that deal with ownership and they'd tell him no, or you think he would actually be the one saying, no, I can't do it. Sorry, I'm just too married to this team's reputation and, and stars. Don't, I mean, I'll take don't, a man at his word right now that he thinks that he owes it to their great players and probably Mike Sullivan, too, who he was uh, still singing the praises of. I think he thinks that they they deserve to go right up until the deadline, which I'm I'm sorry. If I got a great deal today for Gensel, I would not wait because who knows if that deal is going to be there in two days or five days or seven days it might be it probably will be but I wouldn't want to risk it I wouldn't want to chance it I have a hard time I guess I have a hard time separating what he says with what I know ownership feels about this team and its core pieces and and like the business model associated with keeping that core together that's not to absolve him of blame he's done a bad job I think uh, I saw Crowley put a poll out today letter grade for Kyle Dubas what would you say D it was the lowest grade Crowley allowed for. I don't know how. What were the poll results? C was winning, but I don't know how he was getting even a C for it. The guy has done a, a like severely below average. Starkey's outside the box idea for the Penguins is to try to trade Jari because he's a good goaltender in the eyes of the rest of the NHL on a pretty affordable deal. That's I heard him, so I'm just reiterating. What do you think? Uh, it's a tough one because I think we all here know that or have a, an opinion of him as a playoff choke artist. Yep. And yet, if you feel like he really has turned a corner and that's just all random small sample size stuff with him and it's not indicative of a larger mental block in the postseason, then having a guy at that position who's only making $5 million actually seems like an asset. Plus, who the hell else is just going to go with Nedeljkovic? I mean, obviously, for the rest of this, this year, you could because where are you going right now? Uh... I struggle with it. it. You say outside the box, it's a good way to describe it because it really wasn't on my radar. But you've got goalie-hungry teams like New Jersey who are just I'd salivating I'd be for op- it. I'd probably be open to it, yeah. I'd be open to it. Well, how, how could I – because how could I say, as a guy who has gone on the radio and written columns saying this guy basically just is terrible when it matters the most, how could I then say, wait a minute, wait, hold on, boys. He's played pretty well in spite of the team around him sucking out loud. 
we've got to keep him around here. That would be stupid of me. I still don't trust him in a big spot. I mean, I've got serious questions about the Penguins ever getting back to that moment right now. And in the regular season, he's been durable this year. He's been very solid. He, I think at least up until a couple days ago, was still leading the NHL in shutouts. Like, I give him a good grade. There's probably five or six guys on the roster. Pedersen's another one of them with Crosby and Gensel, who I would say have lived up to the expectations or exceeded them. He would be one of those players for me. But that still wouldn't prevent me from listening to offers on him. You notice, maybe it was because Dubas wasn't asked a pointed question about Jari yesterday, but he didn't lump him in with the untouchable players. It's hard to trade goaltenders at the deadline. You almost never see it, especially guys that still have years left on their contract. That's a rarity. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I, I'm, I, I've done a 180 on them. Like, I, I got to a, my breaking point where I just have de- have decided or come to the conclusion, like, why am I still holding out hope against all odds that this team is going to flip a switch and turn it on? They're not. They are what they are, and they've been this team now for years. So I think you've got to do something drastic to shake them out of it. They tried the Carlson thing that didn't work. So something like that would be on the table for me, too. I would love to be in Pittsburgh the rest of my career. Just being drafted in 2014, I'm, this is my this will be my tenth year in a Pirates organization. So it seems crazy to say that, but I don't know anything else. And Pirates fans have been great to me my whole career. So I would love to be here, and I would love it. All right, let's get the ball rolling on this Mitch Keller extension talk. That news broke around 10 a.m. today, and uh, we've heard Starkey and uh, Donnie even got in the mix chiming in on this. Five years, 77 million. For the Pirates' number one starter, at least until Paul Skeens gets up here with the big league team, Malsey. So, your take, give me a reaction to this Keller deal. I mean, I think it's a very friendly deal for the Pirates here. Uh, So, from a business of baseball perspective, I think this is a very good deal. Uh, You can go look this up on fan graphs and other sites. I promise I won't get too much into the weeds here, but the war stat wins above replacement. He was a a three-and-a-half win player on fan graphs last year. They have tried to put a a dollar value in the free agent market on what one win costs in that sense. Mm -hmm. About $8.5 million per win for guys who are projected to be two or better win players in a year, right? So Keller is one of them. So if you go by that valuation from like 2022, a guy like Keller would cost a team potentially upwards of $20-plus million annually to to bring in and get his services. So say he was a free agent pitcher. They're telling you that he would cost anywhere from on a five-year deal 105 probably to $120 million. They got him for 77 uh, Just business of baseball, it's $15.4 million per year. That is a killer deal for the Pirates. All he has to do to make it a steal for them in terms of just what it costs to run a baseball team is be the pitcher he was last year. If he happens to become a better pitcher than he was last year, if, he, if his numbers uptick and he's down into the low threes as an ERA or mid threes even, and he's whatever, he's a five-win pitcher, the deal becomes like a massive steal for them. It's already a very good deal. It, it has the potential to be a ridiculously good deal on the line of McCutcheon signing the one he signed and then becoming the NL MVP. So this is, a, you say, a huge praiseworthy moment then to, if you're the Pirates they they got pulled a great off a, pitcher, to, a really good pitcher to sign this deal. They got a guy whose trajectory appears to be on the upward, on the rise right now, who's coming off his best year to a number that frankly is below what he would, significantly less than what he would command if he were a free agent right now. That's how I interpret this. Donnie, is this how you feel? 
I think I think it's I think it's a pretty fair deal um, on both ends. I mean, it looks like a bargain, I know, but the Pirates are giving a five-year deal to someone who, in reality, has put together one complete season, and that's if you take the back half of 2022 and piggyback that with the front half of 2023. Like he he fell off a little bit at the end of last year. The ERA still ended up being over four. I know, still had by his accounts the the best season of his career, but that's not saying a whole lot with what he did before that. And you think, I know that the term ace gets used with him. I don't really see him that way. Now Paul Skeens, that's somebody you look at and say that's a future ace. That's somebody that other teams will fear to face once he gets up here and once he starts doing his thing. So I I think they looked at this as this could just be our number two pitcher that we're paying, and I think that's the way that they saw the deal. All right, so it sounds like you like it, but you're still a little bit skeptical of Keller. Do I hear you right on that? Still not completely yeah, I mean, sold I, on the well, guy? Well, I mean, I'm not going to say that I, I, I dislike it, but I just think it's it's pretty fair on both ends. Like, Keller is really not a proven player. He's had two good halves of seasons that just didn't happen to be in the same season out of the four or five that he's been here. So he got paid, but maybe not as much as he could have. And I, I if it does end up that his career continues to go up yeah the pirates got a bargain but i don't i don't blame them for setting that price they didn't force the guy to sign his name either so how old is he Mulsey? he's 27 27 he's gonna be he'll be 28 like right when the season season? starts okay so this is gonna be his early april is his birthday season um i'm gonna take it in a little different direction from you guys 412-928-9370 412-928-9370 if you want to share your thoughts. And I know I'll probably get killed for this, but that's this, honestly, when I heard the news, based on what happened yesterday, this, is my, this was my immediate reaction to what happened. Uh, the Pirates as an organization can't be nearly as bad as that article made them out to be for this guy to take this deal. Because I agree with you, Chris. If this is someone who's two years away from breaking the bank, as long as he doesn't like completely blow out his arm, if their organization is a joke, why would he want to be here? Like he just committed another five years of his life to this team, and look, that was a complete expose, takedown piece. They don't care about winning, they care about money, they don't develop players well, they don't prioritize winning. Team friendly implies that they got a bargain on the guy. It means that he, we just played the clip, he picked Pittsburgh. Like, you would think after reading that piece, that just, I read it and the way that it was presented, that guys would literally have one of those calendars where you tear away the date every day and think, I can't wait for that day to come where I get traded out of here. He volunteered to, say, to stay, and it doesn't seem like the Pirates paid, like a Pirates tax to keep him, you know? Like, hey, we want you. We know that we're not the most attractive uh, team, so we're going to give you a premium price. We're going to overpay you, so to speak, to stay with the team. They didn't do that. I don't think. They gave him below market value, and he accepted it. I think if a player takes below market value, they are it's an individual person-to-person decision. I think it's Mitch Keller's personality maybe to say, bird in the hand worth two in the bush i'll take 77 million as a hedge against maybe an arm injury in the future 
A hedge against any kind of severe injury that might limit my effectiveness or earning potential. $77 million is better than rolling the dice for a couple more years. And I could also just have a downturn in performance. Sure, but if it's baseball hell and you know you're going to be in demand, why would you take that deal unless they absolutely knocked your socks off and blew you away with an offer, and they didn't do that. I don't think the piece yesterday called them baseball hell, though. In fact, guys who are quoted in the story don't seem like they're playing in baseball hell. They seemed like guys who are a little bit frustrated by things at times, but uh -huh. when the going was good here, they loved, they loved it. They said the fans care deeply. They, they, Garrett Cole was quoted in the piece as saying, I desperately want them to be good again because it means so much to the people there. I did not pick up on baseball hell from that piece. I but did you pick up on a team that's going to do any serious winning anytime soon? I, uh, I don't think the article was this is a team on the come or this is an organization to watch. I think the I article, mean, I think the article allowed for the idea that if they have a healthy O'Neill Cruz, they could get back and, and catch some lightning in a bottle. But I, I just, I don't immediately draw the parallel that it's if if this was baseball hell, Mitch Keller is not going to sign it. There's a lot of factors that go into a guy signing a deal. They made him an offer that he and his agent pretty clearly felt was competitive enough that it wasn't a slap in the face and worth actually trading a few years of free agency for. I mean, that's the bottom line. And when he hits free agency, he will be 32 years old. He will have just or he'll have just pitched his age 32 season. If he's really good for the duration of this five-year deal and the Pirates are really good, he's going to get another major pitching deal, like yeah. major contract. So as a first contract, it's not bad. Remember when McCutcheon signed that deal and we realized basically immediately he was outperforming it? Remember, I remember wondering, is this guy ever going to like see anything close to what his real value is in the major leagues financially? He ended up, what's McCutcheon made, like $130 million? He hasn't exactly wanted for money, right? Because like, a team like the Phillies swooped in and would pay him. You know, the, he went to the Giants. Uh, Keller, if he does well here for five years, is going to make like well into nine figures on another deal. It might only be like a four-year deal, but somebody on the open market would give him what? As a, as a true number two pitcher, Pony, with maybe, let's say, no history of injuries at that point, like no recent history, four years, $150 million, somebody might In his him. 30s? Early 30s. I don't know about that. Okay, three years, $100 million. I mean, Michael Waka just had a great year, and he got, what, two years, $32 million in his early 30s? I think I'm, saying if Keller, I'm saying if Keller would have better, basically, overall history. At that point, he would. I'm saying, I'm, I'm implying here, he stacks together very good seasons, and also hasn't Waka battled injuries too. Yeah, he had a. I mean, he had a Major run of his yeah. career where he was bad, but Keller's had a run in his career where he's been. But bad. it was at the beginning. He would be on a, a clear upward trajectory. I don't need to tell you what Michael Waka did at the beginning of his career yeah. because it involved shoving the baseball down the Pirates. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.